Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. We have made it. We have made it to part two. Part two of Paper Girls Gay Stuff. Oh, I was like, part two? (laughs) Paper Girls Gay Stuff. (laughs) And we're going to jump right back into... The KJ and Max scenes, and my notes got out of order, so I'm very sorry. So we're going to head on back to episode two and talk about, like, one of the first, like, KJ and Max solo scenes. And that's when Max sneaks out of older Aaron's house to go see her childhood home and find that it's just this giant pile of rubble, which is major foreshadowing for, like, Mac, (laughs) his whole life. And she's like kind of like contemplating her life sitting on a park bench and KJ comes and scares her because of course KJ was following her in the middle of the night because like one does as you do as you do as you do and it's it's at first it's very very cute and they kind of like bond over the fact that like wow like in the future stony stream where they grew up is very different and like that teacher we had is probably dead and they start getting into like their morbid humor that they have but then it starts getting into like xenophobia territory with Mac because she's repeating stuff she said at home. And I'll talk more about that later. But what I wanted to mention here is that um, I thought this was a significant scene between the two of them. Cause Max, we've talked about this before when we talked about Mac, but her armor has to do with like a lot of like verbal insults that she throws at people. And in this moment, she's doing that to KJ, but KJ really like brings back the fact that like, Hey, words hurt words hurt you know not as much as a fist can and they can be dangerous and when she starts going off on this like xenophobia tangent kj's like um have you ever heard of the holocaust like maybe ask my grandmother about this sometime because remember these this is post-world war ii like they're fresh out of that these kids and mac brushes it off because like to mac like hurling insults is normal words don't hurt she's like this isn't Nazi Germany. Like, stop being dramatic. And KJ's like, um, I'm not being dramatic. Like, somebody drew Jew bitch on my locker last year. Like, this mm-hmm. hurt. This is still, this is real. So I love that it's, like, reality. Like, you know, that these words mean something. And to, to Max, she's become so desensitized to it because of her childhood that, like, the words don't mean anything. It's just, like, it's just words. But, and I love that, like, instead of, like, doubling down like some people just double down like well that's a you problem that you were offended like mac gets really quiet and admits like well you know i would never do that like i would never go that far kind of thing so it's significant in the sense that it's showing that like while mac like kind of has this persona about her she's willing to change and so it kind of like foreshadows like her trajectory later and like how she changes and you know changes her brother by extension and it also shows that like again once again kj isn't afraid to be direct 
and stand up for herself, especially when it comes to Mac. Like, is Mac's trying to like bully her at first? And she's like, no, 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 you're not bullying me. Um, and she, she calls Mac out on her bullshit. And I think that's such an important dynamic. You know, sometimes you need somebody to call you out on your bullshit. Cause you're, you don't see it. And like KJ is the one who's always like, Mac, like double check, like stop doing that. And Mac mm-hmm. listens to her, which is huge. And I love that they have that very early on. I, it's also, hold on, words. It's been a long day. They're <laughs> hard. Uh, I they like are. that they did point that out because things that happened so long ago are still relevant today. And people are like, well, that happened back then. It doesn't happen now. But it does. It does. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just don't talk about it. Are we hiding? Now you're starting to. listen the ugliness is coming out now so like again this is all really relevant and it's through the lens of children who experience these things all these people are like we're protecting the kids it's like the kids are experiencing those too like it affects everyone you know you can't protect them because then they won't know how to deal with it totally totally this is gonna be a rant in a later episode if you can't tell (laughs) So before we go off tangent into a different episode we haven't recorded yet, I want to go back to the mall scene we brought up earlier. Because this is one of KJ's gayest moments ever. And it's when she, um, they're all bonding over the Debbie Gibson concert at the mall. And KJ drops in vivid detail the first time she saw Mac at this mall. (laughs) And it's such a girl with a crush thing to like remember, like... Again, like, KJ doesn't realize she has a crush on Mac, but she, like, he's like, I remember in vivid detail the first time I saw you. Like, it's so, like, again, it's one of those moments later where you're, like, when she was having the the panic in the mirror, she's like, oh, yeah, the way I remember the first time I saw Mac, that's pretty gay, isn't it? Like, girl. I have a question. Do you, you guys remember the first girl that, like, you really looked at? Like that you that we realized was a crush, or that we no, like at. you just yes. Okay, so yes. I there was this one girl in ninth grade. I don't think I saw her in eighth grade, but ninth grade that I just could not stop staring at. I was just like, she's really pretty. I want to be her friend, and it wasn't until like I realized everything. I'm like, oh, no wonder. Like I was obsessed <laughs> with her. Yep. Really? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. what was yours, Thee? Uh, it was one of mine. It was literally, like, girl next door situation. She was older than me. Played sports. Beautiful. And I would, like, get jealous when, like, other people, other, like, neighborhood kids would talk to her. And I was just, like, I realized later, I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally really relatable yep mine was i went straight for the milf damn brie you're a legend (laughs) fifth grade teacher miss fifth grade teacher miss hall english uh, teacher was no damn taught everything that's even super milf (laughs) taught everything and I don't, I didn't know why at the time, but I was really glad she was divorced. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm so happy about this as I a child. I stared at her all the time. 
She's so pretty. I don't. So pretty. I I just remember being obsessed with my second grade teacher, but I don't know if that was like I don't know what that was. If it was more of like a motherly type or what. But I I don't I still don't fully remember. All I know is I just wanted to hug her. <laughs> I love Brie. I'm so glad she's divorced. That's the thing. And you're like, I don't know why I think this. I, don't I love know why it so that's much. cool, but <laughs> I feel so great. I love like, like the divorce. It's like, it's like so in my good. brain, I'm like, she's single. <laughs> right? you think, as a kid, you don't understand that. You're like, yeah, I don't you're know like, why, why do I, I love like, this. <laughs> and then you're like, wow, I was so gay. We actually had to leave the <laughs> class for an hour every day to go have science class in the next classroom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Can't? why can't she just teach us this too? And it was because they would switch off. Like her, she uh. was better in a subject and our other teacher was better in science. So they would switch off. I'm like, but I want Miss Hall to teach me. A Teach lot of things. Everything. <laughs> me. So Our audience learns a lot about us in this Most podcast. likely straight fifth grade teacher. Hey, never know. Never know. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know. Oh, no. Okay. Sixth grade math teacher. I was so upset that she was married. So. There you go, Kayla. <laughs> the opposite experience. And no, I was so pissed because they took me out of her math class and put me in a lower math because I had my mom's boyfriend doing my homework because I couldn't understand it. But oh. I was so upset when they took me out of her class. Bringing up a bunch of memories here. Caitlin's like, do my homework so I can be in this class. I want to be in MILF math. MILF math. MILF math. That's a I feel like that's right. I also feel like that's KJ in high school eventually. Milk math. <laughs> Absolutely. She has that energy. So anyway, speaking of KJ, I also love that Max responds to hearing this like really vivid detail. She because like you're let's be real, Mac didn't notice KJ at all. And so to hear this, and you're like, wow, you're a stalker. <laughs> like it's very creepy. So to be on the receiving end of that, and you're like, huh? Do you think that's what people think when I talk? Yes. No. <laughs> when you bring up shit from buried from the past, yeah, I do think. That. <laughs> but I like, just wanted to know about each other. Again, to just be on the receiving end of that is also like weird. You're like, that's really weird that you remember that because <laughs> I don't remember those. But anyway, I love that. It's very human. It's very like a kid with a crush thing, and who doesn't realize they have a crush? All right, so from there, we will jump to episode six, back on track, to the the KJ and Max rooftop scene. So this is after KJ goes to the movie theater and talks to Lauren. And then Mac, um, I think, had her blow blow up with Aaron about, like, I have no future. So Mac's, like, in her feels, and then KJ's on the roof, goes up on the roof. And it's a very, very sweet scene between the two of them where they really both, like, let their guards down fully with each other. And they're both really prepared to tell each other very deeply personal things that they've never said out loud before. So I love this scene. Um, and this, the sad thing is like Mac, Mac gets to say her piece, but KJ hesitates while talking a little too long. Cause she's like, again, trying to like psych herself up to be like, 
I, I, I have all the dialogue because I love the dialogue. Okay. It's so, 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 so good. Okay. And I also have to point out that I love this conversation that they're having, like their deepest, darkest secrets. It's on this rooftop with each other alone because in the comic books, they have a, a lot of emotional scenes with each other on rooftops. So I love this is like a homage to the co- comic books is why they're on a rooftop. And in the scene, like KJ basically tells Mac, like I saw myself. And this is when we get the house, the clothes and the cars thing we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that she says to to Mac, like, cause she's like, well, what what's going on with the future you? And she says, well, I'm happy now and i okay the delivery is again this give fina an award for her role as kj because she just kills it the way she says i'm happy now in the future that pregnant pause before she says now she like drops her voice and the way she says it it just conveys all the weight that young kj is carrying about her doomed future and it's almost like seeing herself as an adult and realizing she's happy it alleviates this giant weight that's been sitting on her and she sees that her older self isn't burdened by living the lie her mother wanted. Because KJ keeps getting mad at lying. Because I, I think that's internalized hatred because her mo- mother is making her live a lie. And she hates it and resents it. But she sees that when she's older, she's not. Like, she sees that she's brave. And she broke out of this generational trauma that's happening in her house. And, and eventually, in the future it's bright for her. Like she will be free and she will be happy. And and like KJ knows her future is better. And like, and I think that happiness like gives her the courage to like actually feel things. And while she's saying this, she like looks at Mac and then like lingers. And I think again, she's starting to like click. And she says, I think maybe older me sorted some things out. Like as she's looking at Mac, she's delivering this. And then she's psyching herself up to say it. And she says, I think that maybe she might be, or I guess I might be like, and she's, this is her admitting it. And then Mac cuts her off. So like, she was going to say it, like for the very first time out loud, like she was psyching herself up to do it. Like that's huge to even get to that point. Never more annoyed with Mac than I was at that point. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But also it's like the saddest thing ever because while KJ just realized her future is bright and she's going to be happy, Mac learned the complete opposite about herself. And it's such a sad juxtaposition because Mac, you know, basically tells her, I, I'm never going to escape my shitty life, basically. She has four years left to live and some of that's going to be battling cancer and she's going to lose. Like her uphill battle is one that she ultimately loses. And she has this line that I really love in there where she says, it's weird and we talked about this earlier, but it's, she says it's weird. Whenever stuff gets really bad, I always tell myself to suck it up and stick it out because I know it's going to be different when I grow up. Second I turn 18, I'm leaving my shitty house, getting the fuck out of Sony's dream. And just thinking about that would make it okay. It doesn't matter that life is shit now because one day it's going to be so good, but that's bullshit. This is it. And that's like such a like, what a heavy thing for a 12 year old to realize because like, that is so true. That is life. Like sometimes like this is it. And like, you lie to yourself to get through shitty situations, but sometimes they don't get better. And like to know that as a 12 year old, I can't even imagine what that's like to even process that. Like, how do you even process? Like, it's, it's actually insane. Honestly. And what I love is that KJ's response to this, because there's literally nothing you can say to this. 
And KJ just hugs Mac. She doesn't say anything. Like, anytime Mac is being, like, truly by Caitlyn, being being truly vulnerable, like, KJ doesn't say anything. She just hugs her. And just comforts her and lets Mac cry in silence like she did on the motorcycle. And it's just... It's very sweet. That scene. It's very sweet. I like it. I love it. It's just what a sad juxtaposition the two of them. Very much so. Yeah. You have any thoughts, Caitlin, about that? I've kind of got distracted. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, hold on. No. <laughs> All right. So we'll move on to episode seven. So after that rooftop confession, like the two of them start like almost get glued to each other's side after that. And so they're wandering around town and like KJ is trying to convince Mac. So once she hears about this, KJ like makes it this personal mission to like help Mac. She's like, bad things happening. We have to stop it. We got to catch it early. And, and KJ is so, so determined to like help her. She and doesn't want her girl to die. I, I yeah. know. I know. And I, I love that she says this line that, like, in this case, because Mac's like, no, 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 there's nothing we can do. Like, I'm going to die. Like, that's it. And KJ says, like, in this case, doing nothing is just letting the worst possible thing happen. And I love that because people forget that, like, inaction is also a, an action in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Like, choosing to do nothing has consequences sometimes. Like, people who are like, exactly. I'm not going to vote. It doesn't matter that actually has a consequence, like, not doing something. So, like, again, through the lens of a child, I love this. Like, the girl is very wise behind her year, beyond her years, which I love. And Mac, you know, kind of confesses her point of view, which I love, too. She's like, it's happening, but it's almost impossible to believe it doesn't feel real. Because, yeah, like, how do you process this? Like, you can't. She's just like, I don't... How is this my life? Like, it's so crazy and i think that line too also applies to kj because she just had this big gay awakening that was the exact same thing where she's like this doesn't even feel real how is this real and so like again they kind of like relate here and i just and i love that that kj just literally just wants her to be okay and she's like hey maybe admitting it's the first step because like that was my gay journey like make sure you feel that it's real so you take it seriously and she's like pleading her it's so cute she's just like please 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 like i want you to exist like it's so cute. And like, I think through this interaction too, Mac is starting to realize too, that like other people, not just her brother, like other people care about her. Like you could hear it in KJ's voice, like when she's pleading with her and like Mac very slowly starts to understand like, Oh, other, other people care about me. And it starts with KJ, which is so significant. I love it. I'm just thinking about time travel right now and how oh my God. Because technically anything they do right now would affect their future. And I don't understand how it's not affecting it all at once. And I just have lots of issues. But I think we'll get into that later. And I don't. That's where my brain is. Focus on the cute gay stuff, Caitlin. Yeah. Caitlin's in time travel and my brain is in gay. Gay. (laughs) Look at how cute they are. They're so cute and gay. All right. And then then after this, again, to make it real, the way they make it real is by going to see Max grave which also is so morbid but like the two of them have this weird dark humor that they like share in common and that's what this scene is really about and there's planes again i'm with them on the dark humor that's my that's the only 
That's one of my favorite kinds of humor, period. I, have I wouldn't have gotten humor. through school without it. School being like... You won't find a surgical person without a dark sense of humor. I mean, you're cutting into bodies. You yeah. gotta cope with that somehow, you know? I love the smell of bone dust in the morning. I say yeah. that and it's creepy, but it's true. What does it smell like? I don't know. It's kind of like... I don't know. You know this, like, the smell kind of like in a wooded place after it rains? Kind of reminds yeah. me of that. Interesting. Like, not like, but not like a more, like, like, dark, powdery. Yeah. Interesting. Not what I would have guessed. Like, <laughs> not if that, that smell I would have was chalk, I guess. Huh. But it's just got this, it's almost, and I, I don't want to I don't know how to say it, but it's almost got this life smell. Like, it smells like that. I don't know how to describe it. But also, the people love the smell of Xeroform. So. What a Huffon? Xeroform. Oh, it's like a cleansing, sterilizing thing they put on. At least you don't like the it's, smell of chloroform. Or is that the. It's like a gauze, gauze type that's thing that's impregnated with lots and lots of goopy gr yellow stuff that's good for your wound thank you i was thinking of chlorhexidine impregnated things and that's not what it was thank you Anytime. but i often look like this when they talk about medical stuff sometimes i follow it i've been learning a lot anyway um, speaking of bones yeah back to the gay so speaking of bones um okay things i love in the scene is the sense of humor but also they like remind the audience even though they're dealing with all this heavy shit that they're kids and they do that by like having kj point out the name butts on a grave <laughs> and <I've, laughs> so cool. i appreciate that like, they're 12 like remember they're 12 yeah remember they're 12 <laughs> and i love i, I just, would have done that though all right <laughs> you know who else would have done that who? Cody. Yes. Yeah. Cody Peterson would have done that for sure. If you're listening, Cody. Yes. This would be you. But I love I love that Mac, the dialogue after this is really funny too, because Mac's like, you're going to hell. And then Cage is like, nah. And she does this like hand thing that like grandmas do, like, nah. Like Jews believe we're all going going to the same place. <laughs> I just love her. She's like, nah. Nah. Um, and then eventually they get to the grave, and that's like the real moment. And Matt gets really scared because you're looking at your dead self. And so she tries to deflect the way she always does by being like, what do you think I look like? Am I just bones? <laughs> and KJ responds to this, not by hugging her or like comforting her. I think she just speaks Mac's language here and uses twisted humor. And she's like, well, depends on how good your coffin is, but your eyeballs are definitely gone because worms love those. <laughs> face the way she just says it i love it it's so wonderful <laughs> but also but mac is just like i love this because this is maxi and kj and saying it out loud and she's just like people don't notice because you're quiet but you're really fucked up like <laughs> you're really fucked and people don't notice that and like people say that to me a lot <laughs> that you're I don't fucked think up surprised, though <laughs> No, like as a as a quiet person myself, like I get that. People are like, wow, when you talk, it's yeah. totally different. So like I totally get yeah. this. But it's, it's very cute. It's like an ICU moment. Yeah. And I just I love it. I love it. I, love it. I and also then, see it as yeah. KJ if you think about KJ in her future, 
she's going to become a filmmaker and to appreciate like great art and to make art i think you have to have like sort of a fucked up part of yourself totally yeah that is very that tracks yeah just so absolutely i i I would love it if she makes dark comedies growing up Mm -hmm. damn but uh the rest of this is really cute too so after that they kind of exchange these smiles and then kj like keeps going with the humor and she's like i bet you were buried in a dress and mac gets really (laughs) (laughs) i love kj for that I love that too. And I also love the constant thing about Max aversion to dresses because that is so fucking relatable mm-hmm. personally. Yes. Hating dresses. Like, so I love that KJ keeps digging. <laughs> it's very, very sweet. And, and, and the rest of this whole sequence with them in the graveyard when like Alice shows up and all that stuff, KJ keeps doing this stuff. Like, and it's throughout the rest of the show, like here going from here forward where she keeps like, doing tactile affectionate things with mac like she'll like touch her shoulder and like touch her arm like to comfort her and stuff and it's it's really cute and it's just the rest of the the uh the season is it's just is the cutest okay uh last scene from this episode is kj's birthday gift to mac because it's, ironically, it's Mac's birthday and they're seeing her grave and all this stuff. And Mac has the line, yep, July 5th, I'm a cancer. How great is that? <laughs> Which is dark I love humor. That line. <laughs> As a fellow cancer, I hear you. <laughs> but then, okay, that line is great. But then KJ's gift is a bottle of orange juice. And I just love this because just imagine her looking through the, because again, she's worried about Mac's future and her dying. And so she looks through this whole convenience store to get her something for her health. And she gets her a bottle of orange. Like, it's so fucking cute and such a kid thing. Like, I love it. I love it. It's so cute. I just, like, in my brain, I just kept going, hey, it's OJ from KJ. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! OJ from oh, KJ. I feel like that could be an edit. Yeah, I was thinking that too. So OJ cute. from KJ and not OJ something because that's a whole nother yeah. catalog. Actually, that's the first thing my brain went to when no. you said <laughs> the glove didn't fit. Let's... It was the wrong hockey I don't stick. totally know what all that means, but. Oh, that's how he got acquitted was that glove don't fit, don't acquit. Or whatever. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. You must acquit. That was it. Sorry, sorry. I was a child when this went on. My grandmother was obsessed with watching this. I hated all of it. (sighs) I only know the name. Like, I have no idea what happened. Basically, he got off for murder. And this glove thing was part of it. Mm -hmm. He was an actor slash football player. Murdering his ex-wife and her friend. Yeah. It was a it was a very famous trial. Of course, it was forever. an actor. Yeah, he was an actor too. He was more on the sports side at that time. Yeah, at that time. Sports, yeah. I totally just did not pay attention to what you said. It, I don't even think you were born yet. Yeah. <laughs> what year was it? Marsha Clark. Nineties. Pretty sure it was the nineties. Yeah, the Bronco or, Chase. Yeah, the late nineties. Anyway, to wrap, <laughs> getting back to like orange juice, OJ, 
the the last part of the scene that I really love, aside from like the gift, is like the conversation they have here because this is Max like coming to terms with the fact that people care about her moment because like they just saw the stepmom on the anniversary of her death or her birthday going to the grave. Like again, Mac was like, she never really cared about me. She was like never there for me as a kid. Why is she coming to my grave and giving me like flowers? Like why is this happening? And. It's just, it's sad because it's like, it's impossible for her to believe that like somebody loves her. Um, And we talked about this in the other episodes, but like Dylan and Mac didn't really get expressions of healthy love. And I think that changed when Mac got sick and, and she's eventually we'll see what real love is from Alice and from her brother. And so, but at this point she has no idea. So she's, she's having a hard time understanding like, why are, why are people like caring about me? And, and KJ is the one who's like, like, she's like, oh, I think that, it's weird that people gave a shit about me and, and KJ's like, well, I give a shit about you basically. And like, it's cute because they're sitting on the step and like KJ like crosses into Max space and like nudges her when she does this. Like again, that tactile mm-hmm. thing she keeps doing. And then she says, I want you to live, you know? And like, I don't think Max ever heard that anything like that before. And that's she when she- more than a shit about her. Well, yes, she, she gave her orange juice. That's, that's, <laughs> she that's code that's like a valentine's for like she gives life about her she gives life about her (laughs) but uh this is like that thing you do to your crush you want to touch them as much as possible even when you're not thinking yes exactly you have no idea why you're doing it but she keeps doing it yeah i love a lot of kj stuff is so subconscious but it's just like you can in this scene in particular like after they say all these things they stare at each other and like there's a second where it's like lingering on kj and you can just like feel her crush like ebbing off of her it's like palpable like her crush it's so cute i i love it so much and then aaron interrupts it and tiffany because like, or F- tiffany, F- tiffany. no tiffany this i was mad at tiffany i was like what do you let them let them so it's like every every time that happens i just want to do this to the screen <laughs> She want to hold I, this up like a just a sign. Gay, ten out of ten. The gay judge says gay. Oh, it's the gay. But I love that Bree just took the time to write that, and we didn't notice. <laughs> Thank you, Bree, for doing that. We I need can flip to a new page. We need that for future episodes. Yeah, we need the gay sign. The gay sign. All right. So, and now we'll just go to like the final KJ Max scenes in the last episode. So, we get to like the time loop. I'm calling it the time loop in the in the barn scene. So, <clears throat> what we learn about this time this time stuff that we haven't really been talking about is that basically what's <laughs> happening here <laughs> is it's not just time travel. They're trapped in this time loop basically. So, they learned in the last episode that like Basically, what's happening in the future is triggering events in the past. It's uh, older Tiffany calls it a predestination paradox. And basically, because these events are codependent, the future and the past, it's causing things to just repeat over and over again. And so like, ultimately, they're trapped, and they really can't change the future. They created the future because the future created the past. So they're like trapped in this paradox, basically. And Mac hears this because her, she just had all this hope thrown at her, like people love me, like maybe we can have a better future, like... And then here's we're fucked. And she says, and everything that happened is going to happen and there's no changing it. And she's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And like KJ knows what's happening and like immediately starts like touching her. And then Aaron gets on the walkie talkie because they're like trying to talk to the future. And 
is trying to warn like heck and Naldo in the future. And she starts repeating, you're going to die over and over again, which triggers Mac and Mac runs away. I mean, understandably so. Yeah, totally, 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 totally. But I love that Mac goes to the barn because Mac loves animals. And so that's like a safe place for her. She just starts like petting like a goat. Like, I love that. Like relatable. I love animals more than people because people treated me like shit my whole life. That's kind of like, Mac. That's why she wants to be a vet, not a doctor. And then who runs after her to the barn? KJ. And then we get this scene where basically like um, the old timers are coming after them and KJ's like, we gotta go because like danger. And But then they have enough time to have this moment where like KJ like approaches her and then Mac puts her hand on KJ's. And KJ freezes because... Hey, panic. Yeah, hold up your sign, Brie. Because, 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 I altered it too. Because gay ten out of ten is happening. Ten plus gay. <laughs> ten plus gay ten is plus happening. Gay. Ten, ten plus gay. gay. Ten plus gay. <laughs> and then okay, but then Matt, what Mac tells KJ, in my opinion, is the best possible way to declare your love for somebody. And she basically says, "Thank you for being how you are," which was my Klexa flashback of like. Thank you for being you because Lexa said it to Clark and it's just, it's the best way to say I love you to somebody. It's just like, mm-hmm. I, I love you for who you are is basically what's happening in the scene. And I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it works so well here with the two of them because again, Max just seems like the kind of person who doesn't love people. Like she likes being in the library and reading and she likes animals and just here she is to like tell this person, like, thank you for being you like that's a big deal for like somebody like Max. So like this is her like changing into somebody who's more loving and like caring, which is kind of seems to be what happens when she gets her diagnosis. But KJ is gay panicking, and and this is KJ's realization. Like she's had this full process happen, like with like okay, like how do I know if I'm gay? It's just Lauren's like, hey, you just gotta feel it when that feeling happens. Just feel it. The feelings are happening right now. And you see it on her face because she gets really quiet and she's just like staring at Mac and she's like, oh shit, I have a crush on a girl and it's this girl. And what the fuck do I do? And Mac's just like, are you okay? Because KJ's having her gay realization moment here. But then again, it's like one step forward, two steps back. So she like rips her hand away because she's like, wait, because again, like it's a scary position to be in because you're like, what if you're not gay? You could react badly. Like this is what like, and she starts rambling and rambling and she's like, I gotta, I gotta go process this is kind of like what she's getting at. But then Mac just again was vulnerable for a second. And then she's like, oh, you're going to reject me when I'm like being honest with you. And she storms into the house. And it's time for the gay panic. I know. I know. And like, and, like, again, I think KJ gets mad at herself and you see her, like, beating herself up in the barn, like, after it happens. Because she's like, like, fuck, like, fuck, 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 fuck. Like, because, like, I mean, I don't think she didn't want to tell Mac because, like, on the roof, like, she wanted to tell her. Like, that would would have been the first person she told. And then she's like, oh, wait, the first person I felt comfortable enough to tell is the one I have a crush on. Like, yeah. it's a lot to process. It's intimidating. It's so scary. <laughs> like. Oh my god, it's scary! And then she's staring at her, and she's like, Are, "Like, what's going on?" And she's like, "I can't tell you what's going on. I can't tell you what's going on. Like, fuck, like, fuck." And she's like, "I just gotta. I need a second. I need a second." Okay, because it's like, here's my vulnerable, 
vulnerable underbelly telling her she's gay and then also here's my heart and it's like yeah crush crush oh my god and then poor mac because like mac's not used to like that was a big step for her to just even say thanks for being there for me and then she's like oh wow you're gonna reject me fuck this yeah so so it reinforces mac yeah was i wrong about with you like humans on this planet yeah i know it's so so sad Grr. i know and okay and I, I need to point out one thing because it's like a comic thing too the because the like old timers are coming the, the sky is all pink because like there's a folding happening and so the whole the hues in this scene are purpley pinky i have to point out that when kj and mac have their like kiss on the rooftop in the comics that's the color scheme that's happening and i love that it's like the opposite of what's kind of and like that scene too in the comics is when Matt like K- KJ's already on board with being gay and Matt. I have is something having... to say about that scene. Sure. Do you want to say it? No, now? I just I don't understand that scene in the comics. Oh, I can tell. Yeah, okay. I, it took me a while too, but um, basically what's happening in the comics is like okay, so I'll just tell the whole thing because it makes more sense. KJ basically sees a vision of the future where they're kissing on the rooftop and it's got this purpley hue in the back. It's a very distinct like background. And she eventually, her and Mac end up together and going after the cancer treatment. And they're on the rooftop and the sky doesn't look purpley pink, but KJ recognizes the rooftop. She's like, oh, fuck. And Mac's like, what's wrong? And so she tells her like, hey, um, so I had this vision of us being romantic on this rooftop. And Mac responds with homophobia because Mac has a lot of internalized homophobia. And it's like, there's no way. That's gross. Keep that shit to yourself. But then they go through this whole thing where, like, they're trying to get the cure for her cancer. They find out there's not, like, KJ holds a knife to a doctor's neck. Like, like is, like, going at, like, try, does everything in her power to try and save Mac. And Mac witnesses this. And then when they get on the rooftop later, um, basically, Mac has her realization about KJ. That's what's happening internally. And so she says the line, like, I forget the line where she's basically like, is this where you saw it? And Keiji's like, yeah, this is where I saw, like, us kissing. And then she says, well, I guess it's going to happen kind of thing. Because Mac has her realization about KJ right before it happens and then kisses her. Because, like... I didn't I didn't catch the realization because it just seemed like, okay, I'll yeah. kiss her. And then, and then KJ's like, my girlfriend. I'm like, guys... No, immediately, yeah, she's such a lesbian. Because, like, that's how you know she's a lesbian. Immediately, she's like, my girlfriend. And it's like, you kissed her once. <laughs> <laughs> had no conversation about this yeah exactly like she's the gayest and at that the point comments. it seems like Mac kissed her just because it was supposed to happen right that's what it's like and that's how I read it the first time and I'm like that's so weird but like if you take into context what happened to me like before that like all the shit that KJ went through just for her like Mac is realizing what they're having in this conversation and I think that's what they're trying to link with the color scheme it's like this is the same conversation but they're actually saying these things out loud where Mac's like, yeah, thank you for being you. Like, thank you for caring about me and like comforting me and all that stuff. And so she sees that KJ cares and like, that's a good thing. Yeah. So, but in the show, um, KJ's having her, oh shit, I like her moment. Whereas in the comics, when this happens, it's Mac having her, oh shit, I like her moment. Like kind of thing. But there's, there's more homophobia from Mac in the comic that complicates it, that we don't really get in the show which I'm kind of cool with. But maybe that's season two because they really haven't talked about this. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I just want to know what would happen. I mean, we all want to know what happens. I know, but like, even if like we don't, I mean, we need. I'm sorry. Can you tell I'm getting really tired? Um, like if for some reason, we don't. Never mind. Just continue. <laughs> all right. So. <laughs> the last part of this is like in the house. So okay, so again, KJ like beats herself up after like the rejection piece. And finally, I think Matt goes inside and sees Pyrus and is like, oh fuck. And then KJ storms after her to like I think tell her. Cause she's like, hey, like she comes in there and says, hey, Mac, and then like it gets cut off by Pyrus being the twat block. Do you what do you guys think KJ was gonna say? <laughs> like, cause she seemed like I feel like she's was going to be like, fuck it, I need to tell her. And was going to go tell her, and then... I mean, I think she wants to tell her. I'm still stuck on Briar's <laughs> She is! I love you, Theora. You're welcome. <laughs> it's literally in my notes. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was my assumption, that she was about to tell her. Yeah. Yeah. Think, yeah, which... I wanted that scene, Pyrus, but whatever. I want that scene. Yes, I want that scene. Ugh. But this whole scene's super cute, too, because, like, Pyrus is this big intimidating presence, and, like, KJ's first instinct, once she realizes what's happening, is to position herself, so she's, like, in this defensive stance with Mac behind her, and she does it mm-hmm. the whole rest of the episode with these guys, and it's it's Hell yeah. it's so cute. But Protect my lady. Yeah, but it's so sad, though, because, like, Mac is just over everything because she feels Mm -hmm. betrayed by KJ a minute ago. And then just, like, is, like, here's when we came from. Like, erase our brains. I can't take this anymore. It's just... so sad. It's so sad. KJ's like, no, I don't want to forget. Yeah, she's like, you want to... Well, I think she takes it personally, like, wow, you want to forget me? Like, wow. Yeah. I thought we were making progress. All right. Then after this, this is just like the end of the episode. So that's kind of like the end of like their schemes. Now we'll just go to the end of the episode. So the end episode with like grandfather showing up. First of all, this <laughs> actor. Okay, this actor, I can't take him seriously because he's too much of a I comedian. I can't either. I can't. I'm like, that, is that when Good Place was supposed yes. to come up? Yes. Hi, Derek. Hi, <laughs> Derek. literally all I saw the yeah. entire time. Oh, they had dressed him differently. I might oh, have been okay. able to. So I was like, why is he dressed like that? That's how he's dressed in the comics. Honestly, like they, yeah. 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 So I don't get it. But like, yeah, but this particular guy in like his that outfit. like that too. Like, yeah, he, he looks like it. So, the casting is so good. How yeah. did, I don't like, know. how did they like not just see these people and then draw them? I, we need to ask. Yes. Cliff. We need to ask Cliff this. It was yes. gone out already. Um, oh my God. But yeah, seriously, I can't take this man seriously. But yeah, this was, I'm Derek. <laughs> And uh, like his, his, just his voice. I, I totally his voice. Forgot. I was I like, know. when was the good place reference supposed to come up? And then as soon as you said him, him. I was like, oh, yeah. Him, 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 him. But uh, this scene is sad too, because just like, again, KJ, just Mac asking for her just like brain to be scrubbed. But I love, I love this scene too, because we get the first like Mac drops the nickname Cage in this scene, which is from the books or the comics. And it's super cute because, like, again, it's KJ. Like, they're like, okay, we're going to go back to the past. And KJ's like, wait a minute, can we go to the future? Because she has cancer and I want to save her life. And it's like, she calls her Cage. It's really, really fucking cute. Is that how you're supposed to read it? I thought they were just like spelling out KJ. No, she says Cage. Like, it's, it's in, yeah, that's, they write it in the book too. Cage. It's cute. Yeah, 
Yeah. But, um, any more about the Mac and, like, KJ stuff in that scene? Because if not, we'll go to, like, the end, because I know Caitlin has a rant. All right, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Last thing, last thing about Mac towards the end is like, okay, when they get in the house and they're all, all the girls are in the basement. I love that Mac finally like tells everybody what's going on about her. Like this is like the ultimate character growth for her. Like it took her a while to tell KJ and then she just tells everybody and it's really, really sweet. Um, So I love that character growth for Mac and we'll come back to the scene in a minute like later, but um, for now, I just wanted to highlight that and the fact that when they're leaving the house, so they make the decision to like go out together. KJ like leads the group, like she's the big brave one, like leading them out. And Max stops them to tell everybody like, I don't want to forget you guys. Like, I love that she gets to the point where she can like be honest with everybody and like they reciprocate it and they're like, we don't want to forget you too. And, and I think to KJ, that's like the apology that like, hey, like, I didn't really want to forget you. Like I was scared and just wanted to be done with this. And and then KJ asked her full circle, do you want to come to my bat mitzvah? And then because there's other people, she's like, and you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> all of, all of you, obviously. I think she does want them to come, but we she say you, really KJ, want. we say you. She's the gayest. I just love it. She's like, would you come to, and everyone also to the bat mitzvah? And, and Mac gives gives her that. And she's like, yeah, we'll go. And then she's like, but I'm not wearing a fucking dress. And I just <laughs> love it. <laughs> All right. Oh, I love them. I love it so much. And then the end. Do you want me to explain the end? Or do you want to just like rant about the end, Caitlin? I put it in here just for you. The end? Well, I had the, the end of the comics is the one that pissed me off the most. Oh, okay. So... Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, we can. Hold on, hold on. What is the end of the show? Basically, the end of the show is just like, I just where the clip by Caitlin, where the cliffhanger leaves us. So like, Pyrus ends up. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Pyrus. Yeah, hatch... yeah. Okay. Pyrus hatches this plan to send them to another time because She's over the time war. She's like, fuck this. I lost my brother. I'm tired. And once she learns that Tiffany is Tiffany Quilkin, she's like, cool. If I send you to a specific part in time, you can stop all of this because you're part of the reason we're in this mess because you quote unquote invent time travel. And um, basically KJ, she like gives them this pod that's going to send them somewhere. She's like, you got two minutes to run on this pod because drama. And KJ hesitates and tells Pyrus, I'm sorry for killing your brother. Like, and it's really cute because Pyrus is like, look, I, I understand it wasn't really your fault. And, I was, and she tries to like be like, I get it, kid, just go. But then chaos ensues. And she Pyrus ends up getting shot. And then Aaron runs out of the pod with the um, medic bugs and tries to save her life. And like the clock is ticking this whole time. And there's all this chaos. And what ends up happening in the end is that Mac and KJ get trapped in the pod because KJ's an athlete. Mac never, Mac never left the pod. She sprints back to the pod and the other two are like scrambling. And it's this really sad scene where like the, the four of them like finally are like, yes, we're a team. And then they get divided at the very end. And then Mac and KJ get sent somewhere. Where the fuck hold did on, they go? On, where do they on, go? Hold on, hold on. When they all have their hands on the I, glass. Uh, just the KJ and Max's hands are on top yeah. of each other. I know, I know. And it's so cute. It's so cute. It's so cute. 
I'm gonna it's so cute. be the bitch that busts the bubble. I hated that fucking entire scene. That's okay. I mean, it's okay to hate it. Hold on. I just like the hands, okay? Yeah, the hands was but, cute. No, now I don't even care about the hands. I'm like, I don't this care is dumb. Great, okay? <laughs> it is dumb. <laughs> I agree. Um, and then Aaron, I want to talk about where the hell they went. Aaron and Tiffany go to 1950, and that's the end. No, Mac and KJ go. Right? Yes. Where did they go? Where did they go? Where did they go? I don't. I need a season two to know where they went because they don't end up in 1950 like Tiffany. But like, I hate that we get to see where the other two go, but we don't get them. Like, why? Why? I mean, I understand that like Tiffany is like part of the reason, but like. Why are they more important than the other two? I don't think that's the issue. I think what happened was when the original pod was like getting sent, like the other old timer people come in and one of them started messing with the controls. So I think they send them somewhere they weren't supposed to even go. I'm assuming they're going to go to the far past, judging no, by the No, I just mean, why did we get to see them, but not the other I don't, two? I don't know. That's, maybe the, that's the part that I have an issue with. I think maybe the writers haven't decided where they go, and that's where they're like, we'll just show these guys. Maybe. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. mad too. I, I want to know. Are they okay? Maybe they get sent to- When did um, same-sex marriage get legalized? Maybe they send them to that. and would be great. <laughs> okay, what'd you hate, Bree? That whole scene was dumb to me. I'm like, stop it. Because <laughs> it's all child decisions. Stop beating on the stupid glass. Like, that's a... Just don't do that. It's futile. It's a, it's a kid move. <laughs> They're 12. They're sad that they're getting separated. Also, okay, okay, to be fair, to be fair, Brie. To your point, aren't there buttons inside that they can Thank be you. pressed? <laughs> you know? Does it? There has to be controls on the inside, right? Like, because the pod has to go back of it. You think that they would build these pods without an emergency cancel from the what? inside? <laughs> yeah, abort. They don't know how to work know, it. They've never seen. They what is children? What are you pressing buttons? Hit big red button. Maybe it was a big blue button, okay? Even fucking adult Aaron knew this. (laughs) Red button is bad. Well, also Larry yelled at her when she tried to press it once. Well, she was gonna press it. That's what I'm saying. It's like, the kids would press it too. Maybe these buttons do something. I don't know. Oh my god, I love that scene where she's she's like... Where she's like pretends like she launched these like things or hit some button and he's like, Did you really? And she's like, No. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's the thing that I liked. But no, all right. Thanks. I hate it. All right. I just okay. wanted I just want to know more. Same. I mean, obviously Same. we all do, but like I just if we don't get anything, I just want to at least know. Where did like, they go? Just give me where just the hell answer. they went. Just answer. Just questions. I need answers. All right, Caitlin. So, what did you hate about the comic ending? I I just I don't I can't spoil that. It was some some Marvel movie, and I don't want to spoil it for people because people would kill me. But what, it what was do you mean? Is it already out? Yeah. Well, then why the hell then would you're you not spoiling? Then you're not spoiling it. Oh well, I mean, I don't know. People people are crazy. No, say, fuck okay. them. Say spoiler <laughs> spoiler for insert Marvel movie. Skip thirty seconds ahead if you don't want the spoiler. Yeah, and there if you, you're, you haven't watched it by now, you're don't you get don't a care that much away. about Marvel on this yeah. time. Go <laughs> like, ahead. 
Spoiler for the last Spider-Man movie. Where yeah, we'll never they watch go, it. No. Uh, they don't remember each other. Like, all the friends don't remember each other. And because they don't remember who Spider-Man is. And I just hate it because like they were so close and then you just wipe the entire storyline. And so they send the four of them back to their time and they're like, you'll have dreams about it, but you'll forget it immediately when you wake up. And I'm just like, it's so so freaking stupid because they they made each other who they are. And then and then they go and do the first scene of like the, the first paper route. I'm like, oh, that's how they got it. So they did the ending in the beginning of the show. Yeah, they did. Yeah. But I'm not done yet, okay? Because I'm really pissed about this. And then, because they're just like, they're just pretending like they don't know each other. Like how they did in the first thing. And like, Mac calls her, what, Tanya? And I just, they were, they're getting close. And you know, KJ and Mac, they needed to be together. And I, I know she's going to end up with Lauren, but like, I just don't understand. And like, I don't like it. And this it really is my rant, and and then they they drive off. They 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 go off in the four works. corners, and I don't like it. <laughs> I just but 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 they don't. Hold on, hold on, I'm not done okay. yet. <laughs> okay, sorry. I don't think there's go. any reasoning with her right now. No, no. You let us know when you're done, Caitlin. This is Caitlin's <laughs> corner rant. Go. This is yeah. Because I'm Caitlin's corner. they don't remember each other their brains get wiped <laughs> i'm dying um and Aaron's like well we have an hour left before school we can ride together till then so they're like sure what the hell i don't okay well this is how a- every one of theora's readers feels <laughs> Because from a writer's perspective, I'm like, <laughs> I just, I just want them to remember. It. Like, can't they have figured out a loophole? And like, that's the end of the comics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and like, there's nothing. Like, what happens? Well, the implication is that okay, so there's interference by a time traveler that nudges Aaron into doing that, where she's like, "Hey, guys." Let's ride together because they don't do that in the original timeline. They explain it in the show and in the books. They part ways and they never see each other again after Hell Day. But here they don't like because remember, Aaron is the glue. Like Aaron's the one who keeps them all together. So like the fact that Aaron's like, hey, guys, let's do this. That's an implication that they will stay friends. Like that's the that's what's being applied. Like their future actually is going to change. Yeah. Also, I kind of wish they put worry in it. I know that's why that's why I'm wondering okay yeah spoiler I'm wondering if KJ and Mac are going to the prehistoric past and that is gonna play out because remember they were in the comics they're alone together in that whole oh yeah yeah period that's what someone was messing with it and I wonder if they accidentally go there they had KJ in it the whole time if KJ exactly if she was like somewhere else no I would have been upset but yeah anyway that's okay but i will say one thing about the end in the the comics that's tragic and sad and just i love cigarettes no the the bat mitzvah 
the bat mitzvah. So we do get oh, the bat mitzvah. No, no. no, we do get it. Okay, so yeah, in the in the last episode of the show, the the exchange for like fixing the timeline is that these girls get their memories erased and they go back to their time, which ends up happening. It's the inevitability of all of this, really. And so after it happens, they have these like residual dreams of like stuff, awesome. and they wake up and it's hell day. And um, and then like basically it picks up where the comics first started, kind of. But now the memories have been erased and all that stuff. KJ's dream is a joint dream she's having with Mac, and it's her bat mitzvah. She's in the dress, and Mac goes, and they do flirting. And then at some point, KJ recognizes this is a dream and it's going to end. And she's like, "Dance with me." Like, it's so cute. And she coaxes Mac into slow dancing. And it's this really sweet moment between the two of them. And as it's, like, ending, like, basically we almost get, like, the I love you from the two of them. And then they wake up. And it's sad because of all of that. But also KJ- It's awful. Okay, wait. But it's awful. But also, like, KJ, they all end up oversleeping. KJ oversleeps because her mom is like, hey, you looked like you were having, like, the best dream ever. And I didn't want to wake you up, which, ow. And then Mac- her brothers wakes her up and she's like, you're oversleeping. What the hell? And then calls her, makes fun of her and calls her butch for her jacket. So it's like, she just had this dream about KJ and then she's getting the homophobe. It's just, that's their situation. Like, yeah, it just, yeah. It just sucks. It's, but it's cute. Like they get the bat mitzvah scene. But anyway. Yeah, but it's the saddest bat mitzvah scene at the I end. I know, but it's sad, but maybe their future is She's going to say she doesn't care. I know. <laughs> I like it because it's real. But also, I love Lauren, so I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. With oh, I'm <laughs> That's where I'm torn, where I'm like, I hate it, but Lauren. <laughs> yeah, Lauren. But Lauren wouldn't have it as Lauren. I'm so. sorry, I'm not a Matt KJ shipper. I know. I, I think they're cute. But I want KJ to end up See, the with the thing is, Warren. we just want the gayness. I think that's why we all want KJ and Matt to get together, because we just want the gay. I don't want them to get together. I like KJ's journey with Mac, with like, realizing who she is. Yeah, I like that part. I like that I part. I don't want them to have the romantical parts. I just also want their gay. children. <laughs> yeah, like, it I, weirds I, me out. I want KJ in college. <laughs> yeah, can we have yeah. KJ in college? KJ in college. college. Let's just, let's just jump to that. Oh, it! We got them. They're very cute. Yeah, but it's not enough. I want to see the whole thing. (laughs) Anyway, we're greedy. We're greedy hoes. Yeah, we're greedy little gays. Greedy little gays. Okay, last part of this that we'll get it jump really, really quickly. So this can be just one episode and we can be done. All right. Now we've concluded all the gay stuff. I just wanted to like conclude our talk about Paper Girls by just talking about some themes that they had in the show that I think they did really, really well and that stood out to me. And Huh? Okay. Um, and one of those themes that really stuck out was the way they accurately depict the dark side of the 80s. Because in in a time where like Stranger Things is like a big show, and it's always like, oh, look at how progressive the 80s was. And wasn't the 80s really cool? I like that they don't do that here. They're like, yeah, it was fine or whatever. But there's also bad shit that happened. Like, remember, this wasn't that far ago in the past, bad shit was still happening. Like, mm-hmm. Mac, the latchkey kid who has like no parental supervision, like, accurately showing what gen x was like as kids their first instinct when all of this shit is happening in the first episode is 
you see their trauma from the Cold War. Like they think, oh, purple sky, um, it's a nuclear bomb. Let's get duck and cover. Like you hear the word duck and cover from Tiff because they had nuclear bomb drills. Like, and Katie freaks out. She's like, don't even say that. Like, again, these are kids traumatized from the Cold War. Like, and that was so real. Like that would have been a very real reaction from a Gen X kid at the time. And the xenophobia, the way they did not shy away from that in a kid's show was amazing and i think this is the big touch of realism that like stranger things like kind of avoids like the bigotry and the homophobia that happens here like it happens in the very first encounter we have where like aaron is like tossing the paper she gives it to the wrong person and the guy comes out and calls her a thief and a jap and all this stuff and she's like i'm chinese but like tiffany who has experienced this before comes in and saves her and she's like hey a quarter isn't worth getting killed by a bigot like, and it's so sad yeah. that she says it so matter of fact, but like, that's re that was reality at the time, you know? And um, the other one I really love that's so heartbreaking is Aaron's Halloween story where they're riding and they're talking about their Halloween costumes. And Aaron's like, I mean, I only participated once. And, and she's like, she starts to kind of like tell the truth that like, well, you know, my mom didn't really let us participate because she thought it was dangerous for us to go out at night. And and because we weren't like we weren't and she trails off but it, and she was gonna say like we weren't white so it was scary mm -hmm. but she doesn't say that and it's just scary it's sad that that's like that was like kids experience for her first halloween and you know and how the neighbors hate her mom because we're english and point out that mac stopped trick-or-treating at three she had no one to take her well she could have gone with dylan you got... really think dylan would have taken her I mean, they seem to have similar friends, but also, yeah, it's true. He he was bullying her too. You're right, especially in the comics. Yeah, that yeah, it's much more blatant in the comics that he bullied her. Yeah, I know it's really sad. Um, I also have to point out that KJ, the lesbian, is like, I was a hockey player. I was Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I love her because oh, same girl, same girl. You're she's so gay. She's the best. I'm pretty um, sure. Baby Mac as a Care Bear. A Care Bear. <laughs> it's so fitting. I just, yeah. I love it. Um, and then I have to point out that the the anti-Semitic slurs from KJ that KJ experiences start with Mac. Um, after he she ends up saving KJ from those creepy teenagers, and you hear the teenagers making fun of KJ. They're like KJ, KJ, Brandon and Bank. Like. Again, like, she just gets all this stuff thrown at her for, like, being Jewish and stuff. And, like, ugh, it's just... It, it, and when KJ's defending herself in that scene, it's so, like, void of emotion. Because, like, she hear Like, these kids, they're kids, but they get all this bigotry thrown at them a lot. Like, they're 12-year-old kids. And, like, it's really, really sad. And, and just, you know, from Max's perspective, she's very much, like repeating what she hears at home about like you know the japs are coming from my dad's job and like where have we heard that before like immigrants are coming from your for your job or whatever like it's it was the same shit in the 80s which is a different scapegoat different boogeyman and like you know jewish people were demonized for like hoarding money and all this stuff and so like mac repeats all these dog whistle things that her father says and it's so so sad that like people like her are traumatizing these people that later become her friends because they're different and you know, it goes to show you that like kids understand, like can, kids understand bigotry, and like bigotry is not innate; it's it's taught. Like Matt learned, Mac learned it at home, and it was just normal. And it just, it's really, really sad, like that that's like reality. And 
but I love that they show that they're like, hey, the 80s were fucked up too. You know, it wasn't all just like, you know, back in my day, things were better. Like they don't shy away from that in a kid's show. And I, I like that, especially in the era of Stranger Things where they don't do that, you know. All right. And, and then I, sorry. I just said I agree. Like, yeah. It was a little... Yeah, it's very real. I agree. It's very grounded in like what life was kind of like back then. And the biggest theme I think that happens in this show, and it's used as a metaphor through the time war stuff, is just generational warfare. Like older generation versus younger generation. That's really what the time war is. I think it's a it's it's a metaphor because if you think about it, the the good guys are the STF, the standard time fighters, and they're like teenagers. They're the youth, right? Like Pyrus in the last episode describes them as terrorists who landed in her time and claimed that everyone was guilty of making the future that they came from. And isn't that like the younger generations who get screwed by the older generations? They're like, you guys were all complicit in this and now we're fucked because you fucked it up. And then the um, old watch, they call them the old watch in the show, but they're called the old timers in the comics because this is generational stuff. They're basically all older people and their mission is to maintain what's happening because as Larry points out, he's like, they're the ones in power. So they have an incentive to keep things going the way they are because they benefit from this. And that's like boomers versus Gen X, Gen Z millennials. That's the struggle we're in right now. They're telling it through this time war. How there's like, Larry's like, oh, there's like power. There's like um, the wage disparities. There's no resources. And it's all because of the stuff that's being perpetuated and maintained by the old timers. And it's like, Again, grounding stuff in reality through a time war that's just youth versus older generations. It's like liberal thinking versus conservative thinking. And in the old and for the older generation, they're like, well, you can't you can't mess with the past. Like things are good now. But the younger generation is like, no, 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 we're gonna make we're gonna get rid of all the bad stuff and make things better. But there's like good and bad to both of those mentalities. And what we ultimately see is that like those two kind of ideas kind of need to coexist to keep things in balance a bit. Because, and that's why they're like trapped in this never ending cycle because ultimately like one will not win versus the other. They just keep like balancing each other out in a way. So I love that because it's very timely to where we're at right now. And the, the metaphor they use for it is the mixtape metaphor in like when they talk to grandfather and I just, I love that because he's like, yeah, you know, the original is the best. It's the best. When you start messing with the original, like that's when things get messed up and like eventually everything falls apart. And it's just like this metaphor for like, well, you can't change stuff. But like that mentality has so much hypocrisy attached to it all the time. And I love the exchange later that KJ has with grandfather where she basically is like, um, okay, you guys are all about, you can't kill, you can't like mess with timelines. But she's like, in the first episode, we watched Pyrus kill a bunch of people. And she's like, weren't those people important in their timeline? So why is it cool for you to break the rules? Like you tell, you, you tell us, we can't break the rules, but you're breaking the rules. Like, and again, isn't that always true? The people in power create a bunch of rules. And then they actually secretly break all the rules that they impose on everybody else. And like, so KJ's pointing out this hypocrisy that always happens in these dynamics. And then grandfather's like, well, I don't make the rules. Like, they're not my rules. Like, the rules the, the rules have always been here. I'm just following the way things have always been. Out. Yeah, when you get called out, you just, you don't take responsibility, right? And then KJ's like, wait a minute. If you're not in charge, like, who, who the fuck is in charge then? 
And he's like, I don't know, everything just happens for a reason. Like, it's such a, like, cop, there is no taking responsibility for the bad shit that, like, the status quo is doing. And I love when he says everything happens for a reason. And KJ has this awesome line where she's like, I don't believe that. I believe people say that to absolve themselves of responsibility, but we make choices. And if you're going to stop bad things from happening, you have to try. And, like, what a Are fucking line. Are we sure KJ is 12, though? Right? <laughs> She's wise beyond her year. Well, I mean, she goes to like I private mean, school and shit. She is the oldest actor in the show, but I don't I think that means anything. No, I just I don't think, think she, so. KJ has a lot of time to think about things. I agree. I think she strikes me as the type of person. Like, I relate to her because I feel like she's the quiet one who just observes things and then, like, thinks about it. And then. She's like the Jane Austen who just sits back and watches everything and kind of sees it through her silence. And she sees her parents going through all of these motions to. So she's uh-huh. seen it and she just yeah. seen it right in front of her face. She's lived it. That's how her mom's imposing all this shit on her. She's like, this is just tradition. This is the way it always is. To absolve themselves of like the responsibility that she, her mom is making her miserable by doing this. Like she's yeah, lived she's, this. She's heard that before. Yeah, exactly. So I love that because it's so true. Um. Yeah, and then one of the biggest themes I love in this show is just the found family aspect, which at the end, the four of them, even though they're all clearly very different, through this kind of shared experience with each other, they they see each other at their worst and form this really, this family with each other. And, and it culminates when they're trapped in Larry's basement at the end, and they have this choice, like, what do we do? And Mac and KJ are kind of like, hey, they saw us, so we'll go, you guys escape and live and then they ultimately decide like no um we started this together we're gonna end this together like we're paper girls we stick together we're not gonna change that now and like even when they get in like the ship later and pyrus is like i'm taking tiffany they're like no you're not no you're not you're take her you're gonna take all of us like it's it's very sweet and i love that and that's very common theme in like queer media so i love that here it wasn't just like the queer people forming a family it was like all of them doing that and it was just it's very cute to see that with like younger kids, like being able to form families with each other that are strong. They didn't really have great ones. <laughs> Did we talk about the older versus younger generation? Y- yes. We did. Did I miss yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Did you I have, have any a question? Th- sure. What would your younger self think of you now? Well, how young am I? <laughs> My twelve-year-old self. Uh, someone who, like the your younger self, who is dreaming of the future. Yeah, my younger self would be like, "What the fuck happened?" <laughs> Probably, what the fuck happened? Yeah, my younger self would be Kate. I would have KJ storyline. Like that would be it. It'd be like, "What happened? Like this is not, this is not what you're supposed to be doing." Yeah. Same. Yeah. What about you? Um, I probably be impressed that we're. I I was able to get a car at twenty, like a new car, and yeah, I'd be very impressed with that and traveling. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of things that I never thought I'd be able to do. But then also still living at home. 
You got a little blurry on your camera. It might just be the recording. Maybe some Wi-Fi. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, oh, actually, uh, along the lines of, like, the younger, younger, um, the generational thing, one thing I really love in the story is um, the way they tell this theme of, like, expectation versus reality through the lens of, like, younger selves meeting older selves. This was so clever, and I thought it was a very clever use of time travel to, like, tell these kind of character stories. Like, I love that. And it's a common theme for every single character in this story. And it's so interesting to see. So I'm glad you asked that. Because, like, some people, like, they show on the show react differently to seeing their future selves than others. Like, Tiffany's like, yeah, this makes sense. This is cool. Aaron's like, what the fuck happened to me? KJ's like, how did this happen? Matt gets this horrible. Like, so, like, learning about your future has to be, like, the weirdest thing ever. And it's like, I feel like you wouldn't know how you'd react to it. And so it's it's a cool thing to explore, like, narratively. Because, like, again, the expectation as a kid was, like, oh, my life's going to be great and look like this. And then when you see it, you're like, really? This is reality? <laughs> I feel like part of myself would be, like, really proud of myself. And the other part is, like, we're still doing this. Right, exactly. Like, it's just, it's never going to be what because you expect, you know? At age, I'm, like, still going through some of the stuff that I went through then. And I'm just, like, when is it ever going to be over? Yeah, totally. And so it would depend on, like, how young are you when you meet your older self? How old are you as your older self? And, like, it could so that scenario, there's infinite that possibilities. So it's a very fun writing scheme. And last piece I wanted to talk about is the representation of girls becoming women. And so the last scene I want to talk about before we wrap this all up is the period scene. Because is there anything more real as a woman, than like getting your first period in the middle of a time war. <laughs> like, it's so, you know, <laughs> it's so fucking real. And this, okay, so this is a thing they talk about in the comics, but it happens completely differently. So it actually happens to KJ when her and Mac are like alone in the prehistoric time versus like this scene they devised for the show, which I fucking love. And I think this is way better. So it happens to Aaron and all four of them are together and they have to navigate this by themselves. And clearly nobody has any knowledge of what to do. Like there's clearly no sex ed happening in any of these schools. Nobody has talked about this at home and they're just trying to navigate it together. And it's just, I've never seen anything like this either. And it's like, it's a good thing. It's like, talk about this, make it normal. And it's so like, it's why funny. Do you think like they picked Aaron, though. I don't know why they picked Aaron. I, I, I think Aaron was a great choice because she's. Kind of, I feel like personality-wise, she's kind of in the middle. Whereas, like, because like, how does it play out? Like, Tiffany's the know-it-all who's like, let's just read the instructions. Versus Mac, who's like, yeah, I know what I'm talking about, and has no idea what she's talking about. And KJ, who's just like, what the fuck is happening? How do you get it out? How do you get it out? Like, the, like. Everything that happens in the scene is so real and funny. And so I just, I love it. Whoever came up with this, kudos to you. It's an amazing fucking scene. I just, I love it. I have the opposite. I was like, I mean, like, I get why it's a great scene, but I was like, I don't, I don't want it. Can we not? (laughs) I love it. So, the theme of these four episodes is Brie has the opposite opinion. (laughs) 
And it's not about oh, the fact yeah. that it's the period. It's the the fact that I'm like, my Tiffany brain comes out. And I'm like, you're oh, all fucking kids. stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I figured. Well, okay, it's let's talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about what happens. But they're all okay. But while Tiffany's like trying to be the smart, nobody knows what they're talking about. At one point, they're just like horses can cause periods. And Tiffany's like, yeah, that's true. And like, because like, she's trying to be the know-it-all, but like, nobody knows what's going on. I think on it's because when I was that age, I knew what was going on. Totally. And I'm like, y'all, it's so come on. Funny. Well, I don't think there was sex ed at all in these schools. At the I didn't time have sex yet. ed at 12. I know, they're also 12. Uh, like, what, what age, what grade is 12? Well, it's 1989. 1988. 1988? 80, 80, 80. Yeah. yeah there are really things were, like was, was sex ed allowed in American schools at that time? I thought that was newer. Um, I, I might be wrong. I have no idea. I had sex ed in... I had that as a component of a health class yeah, in high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it in elementary school. That's good. Good. We should be having these conversations. As long as they didn't teach you dumb stuff. Right, exactly. Which, like, horses can cause periods. And, like, <laughs> but again, like, they're just, they can't, na- it's just hilarious. They just, they don't, nobody knows what's going on. And poor, and it's happening to poor Aaron, and she's like, fuck. It's and just, I'm not it's- saying that my, that my feelings and viewpoint is not, like, uh, d- not dumb, but like, like I get that it's just my irrational feelings towards the scene where and I'm like, okay, That's like okay. I totally feelings get that. Valid. I just could have done without it personally. I yeah, get it why was it's important. kind of out of place. It was kind of just random. I don't know. I just felt like it. Like I feel like we need to have those conversations, but I just didn't like the scene. I just Fair wished enough. it would have been better. Yeah, in general, please give us more scenes of like women being women. Like, yeah, it, it, this kind of stuff should be shown. Like, it should be normal. Please. Like, please, I appreciate that about it a lot. And it's like this weird scenario where they have to bond over it, also. But yeah, that was they, cute. Like, it's the cute. bonding was cool. Exactly. Exactly. I, I enjoy it. And they didn't make it gross. Or, like, it could have been gross, and they didn't. They just handle it in a very kid-friendly way, which I, I liked. What I do like is when Mac gets the tampon shoved in her nose later. Yes. <laughs> I also love that. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that Erin is just trying to get um her okay. to look down. Okay. Oh, she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> she's like, if I stuff. tell her what I'm gonna do, she's not gonna let me do yeah, it. Exactly. No, that was amazing. That was amazing. Yes. I enjoyed that. Chef's kiss to that. Kiss. I also I, love when she says, I'm, I'll just get you a diaper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At the end of it. Yeah. She's like, I'm just getting you the yeah. diaper. <laughs> I think, okay. So in my brain, it's like, I like that the scene happened. I just don't want to watch it, if that makes sense. <laughs> That's fair. It's okay. It's okay. I, I Thank um, you for sharing. I'm sure there were some people who were uncomfortable and didn't like it either. So. And it's, like I said, it's not about the period thing because I think that we should absolutely talk about it and that it's dumb that people i do that at work to my boss when when he makes misogynistic jokes be not because he he only makes them because he knows that it'll mess with me of course he doesn't actually believe like believe in the joke but i'm like 
that was not necessary. So I'm going to do something that's not necessary to you. And that's me talking about my period in detail, bitch. Beautiful. I love that. Normalize it <laughs> through vengeance. Normalize it through vengeance. That and should that- be one of our phrases. <laughs> and that's a finale. <laughs> and this is a great segue, not at all, into... What were your overall likes and dislikes for the episode? For this, not episode. For KJ! this, host, for the whole KJ, for the whole, the whole all of Paper Girls overall KJ likes and dislikes. And Movie, adult Tiffany with younger Tiffany. Yes. Um, I love Lauren. I could. I like yes. the metaphor of the time travel thing and the the meta moments of it. I just thought that it was sloppy personally and because of reasons like having to do so much and so little yeah time totally i mean most of this like 700 page comics was done in eight episodes yeah it's insane it is insane the the, what they fit in but it, it just didn't work for me like okay it didn't capture me to the point where I was watching it I wanted to watch episode after episode after episode I had to break them up because we're doing it for the podcast and then I had to like sit down and make myself watch the episodes and then there were parts I really liked and parts I was just like eh yeah and if I have to freaking grandfather was one thing I didn't like. Every time he showed up in the comics, I was like, Ugh. Oh, I know. I hate him in the comics. He's so annoying. He's yeah, annoying that's... no matter what, but the comics are especially. Yeah. I'm like, I get why, I get sort of why you're here. I get why you're here, but you're just so fucking annoying. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I, yeah. I agree with all of your likes. I, I think I like using the time travel as a way to tell the stories between the characters, like younger selves, older selves. I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very allowed for clever storytelling. That's the thing I love the most. KJ in particular, all the Lauren stuff. The thing I dislike is Larry. Mm, I'm with you there. <laughs> okay. I, I don't okay. really like Larry either. I don't like him. And he, I have, I, okay. I don't understand what the hell happens with Larry. H- having read the comic books. Because... Was Larry in the comics books? No, he's a new character. This is why I'm confused. Because Larry, uh, the premise at the end is like, hey, we're trapped in a time loop. The events of the past are triggering what's, the future is triggering the past. Explain to me how we watch Larry die in 2019. Then we go to 1999 and he dies again. How the fuck did that happen? I don't understand that. Then how do we have Larry in 2019 giving them the robot if he dies in 1999? It just bothers me. What the fuck happened there? Because in the comics, they have like genetic duplicates that are happening. But like Larry admits that like when they meet him in 1999, he's like, I just joined this. And he's not from the future. Like he's from this timeline. So I don't understand what that was about in the show so i don't like him because he what the hell is happening there 
And then I have a question from Julie, who never has questions, my wife, who never has questions about anything that I watch. Hello, Julie. Okay, she has a question. Because I made her watch some of this, and then she was like, I don't want to watch this anymore, because she doesn't like sci-fi shit. But anyway, she was like, okay, so in Larry's farm, when we're there in 2019, the cars are driving up the driveway, and when they approach the farm, he's got the spikes, right, that stop the cars. And Julie's like, why the fuck aren't those further up the driveway? His driveway is like two miles, but he puts it right by the house. And she's like, why isn't that further down that they have to walk farther? Why would, that's not an effective defense mechanism. (laughs) And thinks Larry's dumb. So I love Julie. I had to point that out. Julie, I'm with you. And also I think that what he needed to do instead was to make several. Yeah, like that. What the hell? Yeah, exactly. Very ineffective. They can easily go on the grass and go around it. If they know, if they know it's there. If they know it's there. But also, yeah, like what the? That was. Did you see it? That was. You needed multiple. No, No. not when you're because not when you're driving right before you're driving. Uh, Yeah, it's like motion censored. Yeah, you don't know. Puts her. I've watched the show multiple times, but it's just it's a lot. Larry's dumb is all I'm saying. (laughs) That bothers me. He's an adult. I do feel bad for Larry when um Aaron's beating him up. <laughs> what's her face? Oh, uh fuck. His like girlfriend kind of that he gets yeah, when from she the does not remember and would not Yeah. Didn't care. I know. I didn't, didn't care about that. I didn't either. That's Larry also not the comics. Not been there and I would have been I understand Can we have Mimo that, instead? Like, like, <laughs> okay, why didn't we get more? Listen, more Mima. What did she say? <laughs> Can we Could have we get Mima more Mima? Instead? It was like, your friend's funny, and it's like this murderer in the house. <laughs> Priorus is here. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Dog, that, uh, there's a dog in the house, and it's like this robot beetle. Like, she didn't even notice this is clearly a robot. <laughs> Mima is one of my faves. <laughs> Mima is great. I'm not going to lie. She was fun comedy. <sighs> all right so now that we've gone through this as a whole for those of us so if you've made it this far into the episodes thank you if you've listened to us before typically at the end of our episodes we would do a big witch energy award thing but we're not doing that anymore because we are no longer big witch energy so instead of retiring that entirely we're converting our new rating system to the how much would you hydrate for lesbian Jesus question. And so this is a rating scale where we essentially will say on a scale of one to 10, how much would we hydrate? How many cups of water would we hydrate for lesbian Jesus? So how gay was this episode in our opinion? Who wants to go first? I would have Two peach snapples for this episode. <laughs> Wait, I thought we were going with the numbers. Yeah, one out of I ten. Said two. You said two. Okay, okay. Two peach snapples. Okay, fine. I gave it four peach snapples. Okay. Um. Okay. See, like the whole show overall. I'm four. <laughs> difficult because i really love this like are we saying like how gay it was or how we felt about it that's basically what we're saying with this hydration scale no that's yeah how much did you like it that's okay all right there you okay. go 
I'll give it a seven. Me too. Here's why. I give it five glasses of water for lesbian Jesus because of Lauren. Like Lauren herself just gets five glasses. Like everything about her speech, her existence, she just gets five glasses of water for me. And then the rest of it is really because I love the way they, KJ's storyline is like basically the other two. It's because only KJ's storyline. She's, yeah. Well, yes. I think her storyline was told so stupidly well. And we, I, it just, that's what really struck me about this piece of media was just, I've never seen a queer storyline presented like that before in a way that felt so organic and real and naturally paced and just, and the show itself, it just, it wasn't centered around homophobia or like the conflict of the show wasn't about being gay and like the out you know, the backlash of KJ being gay. It was just her processing it and then realizing it. And I've never seen that story ever really told like this before. And just, I thought it was unique. So it gets extra points just for being unique, but like the Lauren stuff. Hi. Well, that's basically the end of the episode. So after timing, Caitlin. Um, I'd like to point out that I gave it for Peach Stopples out of 10 because of Lauren and KJ. And that's yeah. Basically, I'm just like, I love that movie scene and the scene in the bedroom so much that I was like, I couldn't give it any lower, but I couldn't give it any higher because it's not enough gay. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. We're on the same page. It got Snapples taken away for things. So Totally. Was it Larry? One of the things, but... (laughs) It got Snapples taken away. Can you tell Larry half asleep? Grandfather. <laughs> grandfather. Um, some things that Mac did. Uh, little Aaron. Rant about. Yeah, Sony. probably Aaron. <laughs> Good Lord, Almighty. Um, sh- see, it would have been more if if they hadn't. Have... I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna stop there. There were a lot of annoying bits, but those gay scenes really just won my heart over. Well, it's just like, in my, for me, it's like, that's not enough for me. Like, I need to enjoy the show as a whole. And that wasn't there for me, personally. See, I I don't know. I I like, I'm fine with kids. I'm that person, though, that watches only the gay parts of shows. I try to do that, but then, like, I don't care because I don't know the characters. No, I care because it's gay and I love gayness. <laughs> so if you're on the fence of, um, if for some reason you haven't watched Paper Girls and you made it through all of this, Hi, like buddy, the, the gay stuff is very is top tier, is what we're saying. The KJ gay stuff is top tier. But if you're I mean, into sci-fi and comics and stuff, check out the rest of it. Yeah, I like sci-fi and comics, but it just wasn't my thing, you know. I'm... And that's totally fine. like it's like person of interest didn't care about the rest of the show only watch the gay parts enjoy those same they were top tier (laughs) same couldn't tell you anything about that show other than the shoot Mm -hmm. stuff other than the shoot stuff that's yep yep all right and so with that that's been paper girls everybody don't worry about it caitlin (laughs) so we are gonna sign off in a minute but, Caitlin, would you like to announce what our next topic is going to be? Am I capable of talking? I That's hope so. Yes, you, you are. Like it's your topic. We believe in you. <laughs> Caitlin made it through the whole episode, guys. Yay!
Oh, oh my gosh. It's, 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 no. Okay, we're going to go with number 12. Come on, we got it. Okay, so you have heard Bree and Theora say that they're tired of the same coming out storylines. But I also feel like they're very important and like there's some that are very well done. So my next topic, my first, the next episode is going to be all about coming out and the storylines and the representation, how it makes you feel. we made it guys That's thank awesome. you for sticking with us we hope you enjoyed and we will see you next time for our coming out discussion and with that we've been big gay energy if you like this episode check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now Uh, Please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes. And please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things. Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus.